French Bing is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. When you use Basecamp to run projects, people know what to do, people know where things are, and you stay on top of everything all the time. Basecamp. 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 No one said we couldn't do that with our ads. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This is Friendshipping! And this week's theme is... Resentment. Just to heck, heck with that. To heck with it. To friggin' heck. To friggin' You can heck. go straight to heck. And live there. Oh, harsh mm. words from mm. Jen and Trin. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Trin, what are we talking about? Today on friendshippingpodcast.com, we are talking about resentment, which is a feeling that you can get sometimes. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> resentment is one of those things that you don't know that you're going to have it until you have it. It just kind of shows up one day. You had a problem and then you're like, wait, I'm actually still mad about this. Right. You're not planning to feel resentment right it kind of creeps up before you can really get a grasp on it but there are some preventative measures that you can take like some preparations like never talking to anyone or ever making friends <laughs> or interacting with anyone living in a hole yeah the, oh this is the end yeah I guess. well <laughs> thanks for listening <laughs> to this podcast yeah. it is over uh but yeah let's talk about the first question okay one of my bfs moved away a few years ago and is coming back this year while she was gone, we tried to do regular calls, but she often canceled and stopped responding to texts. I know this is just because she was busy, but I was hurt by this. Is it worth bringing up or start fresh? Jen, I would love it if you would start with this question, because when we were um, first having a look at this question, you had a lot to say. I had a lot of thoughts because I thought this was pretty straightforward. And then I started to to like really think deeply about this question. And I, I came out of it with like really confused by my own by my own thoughts, mm -hmm. um, because we are missing some important things in this in this scenario. And here's the first one. Uh, why did they stop responding to your to your texts? Why did they start canceling your meetings and stuff? You said because they're busy. And there are a lot of reasons why a friend might become distant. And not all of them are to halt or end a friendship. Like moving to a new place is extremely stressful and it occupies a lot of your attention. Yeah. And I mean, they didn't just move to a new place. Now they're moving yet again. And so they had to get used to living in one place and then they had to pick up and leave. And now they're going to get used to living someplace else. You're right. That's completely time consuming. That's a lot of upheaval. Yes. In a, what I think is a pretty short amount of time. The other piece of missing information I was hoping to get was, has this friend reached out at all about moving back? Yeah. Like, have they been like, hey, I'm moving back and ignored the fact that they've been distant for the past however many months or years? Mm -hmm. Like, what what's communication been like? Or has there any been any communication? Right. If, if this uh, asker is just kind of finding out from Facebook that the friend is coming back or maybe she was scheduled to come back. Maybe she had a, a short term job someplace else. The friend reached out to the asker directly to say, hey, I'm going to come back into town. Let's hang out. I mean, that's one thing. But the other thing is, like, if they've been so distant that she doesn't even know. Right. Because we don't know if there's any connection left. And that sounds harsh, but I really want to consider all facets of this really, really interesting question. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Starting fresh might not be possible if you guys haven't talked whatsoever. What if we answer the question with the understanding that the friend has reached out to the asker and said, hey, I'm coming home? Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good way. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I do think that if the friend has been distant and she hasn't reached out, the one thing you can do is give time and space because those are clearly two things that this friend needs. Um, maybe it's stressful. Maybe it's, you know, an upheaval. But I think that just leaving the ball in her court entirely at this point and letting her reach out to you when she moves home is is the thing to do. Um, and then you can work on whether or not you want to put a Band-Aid on the past hurts. Uh, what you really need to focus on now is really is there a friendship that's still there to work on or is this has this been a soft no right exactly and wait until like I don't know a month or two until after she's moved back in my opinion because that's a lot of adjustment readjustment again right because the question was is it worth bringing up or starting fresh so worth bringing up I think it probably is if as long as you like do some reflection here ask yourself what would happen if you do bring it up what do you hope to gain out of, out of bringing up that you're hurt? Do you want your friend back in the same capacity? Do you want an apology or a detailed explanation? And I'm not saying you don't deserve these things. I'm just saying you might not receive them. Yeah. You might be really disappointed by the things you hear back because you might not really get an answer. There might not be a solid, concrete answer that or an explanation for what's been going on with your friend. The explanation might just be, I'm sorry, I've been too busy. Uh, and that seems to be something that you already know. So if hearing it from her mouth would actually make you feel better. And it might. And it might. Sometimes it really helps to hear what you assume might be true. I think that that's a preventative measure that you can take to stop resentment from happening in the future. Going into this conversation, if you do bring it up, I really hope you remain open-minded but protective of your heart no matter what happens. Does a constructive, honest conversation truly seem likely? Does it seem like a possibility for you two? It might not be possible if you haven't seen each other in a while, and that doesn't reflect badly on you, and I don't think it reflects badly on her either, because the, the painful truth of this kind of thing is that friends drift. Yeah. I, I don't like saying proximity is everything, but it definitely is a factor in friendships. So basically what we've determined at this point is if if... In the future, she decides that this friend is reciprocating her uh, friendshipping. If she figures out that she has given her enough time and space and now they can rebuild again, then it is a good idea to take that preventative measure to say, I noticed in the past few months that you've been distant. It's been really hard on our friendship. And I just wanted to make sure that actually saying it like that is, is very leading. I was going to say, I just wanted to make sure that it was because you were busy and not because you wanted to drift away or something like that. Oh, right. So you didn't want to provide an explanation. Right. You truly wanted to leave it open-ended. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Like, that's how really do you start that conversation? I think I would try and speak really honestly and be like, I admit I'm kind of hurt that we haven't talked very much. And I just want to know if where we stand, if we're okay. Man, this is hard. It is. Yeah. It, yeah. I think that even admitting to her that the distance has been hurtful, and it's not just a matter of proximity, it's a matter of you've been far away from me emotionally. I think that not even saying, like, I'd like an apology or an explanation, but just saying, like, it's kind of hard for me to pick up where we left off because I feel ignored. Exactly. Yeah. Because the fact that you're asking us this question and turning it over in your mind and reaching out to a friendship podcast to ask tells us that you are coming from a place of hurt. As you said, you're coming from a place of confusion. And I think admitting that is like step number one. And like Trin said, don't lead. Mm -hmm. Don't lead. Don't put words in their mouth. Deliver a short explanation of how you're feeling and see what happens. Yeah. And even getting to the place where you can have this conversation is going to be hard because I really think that this is a conversation that you have in person and getting in the same room as her uh, is going to be hard because right now she's in the process of getting ready to move. Then she will move. I think that you start this off by saying to your friend in a text message, an email, whatever is the best way uh, for you guys to communicate. 
hey, I know you've been busy and I don't want to take too much of your time. So when you're in town and you're settled in, give me a call and we'll get together. I'm going to leave the ball in your court here. Be very, very clear that the next step is hers. I love that. Literally state that you're leaving the ball in her court. Yeah. I think that's really important. You said she was busy. And there are a lot of reasons why someone might not respond to a text that have nothing to do with you. I have a friend who lives far from me. We kind of fell out of touch, and she admitted it's because, uh, at first it was because she was too preoccupied to answer texts, and then she started getting what she called an anxiety spiral. These text messages started building up and building up. Oh my God, that happens to me all the time. Yeah, like you start getting these negative feelings about even looking at your phone. The sound that my text message sound makes sometimes freaks me out. I actually also get like a weird stress reaction from um, Twitter DMs, so I've just told my friends to never DM me ever again. Good for you for telling your friends what you need. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah. It was just like I assume it's like so it's like how uh, when somebody calls you on the phone, you assume somebody's probably dead. Yes, because like yep. who the fuck calls? Yep, I got an eight a.m. phone call from my mom, and I was like, someone's dead. Yes. Yep. I no understand. one was dead, by the way. Good. But, but for that those thirty seconds, I was like, oh no. Yeah. You know, she probably has a lot of friends that she moved away from that she's been trying to keep in touch with. Yes. Uh, And it may just cause her a lot of anxiety. That is incredibly valid. I'm experiencing this a lot lately, too. And I think it's because part of my my job, my actual like salary job is communicating. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes time to like relax or turn my brain off, the only way I can do it is by isolating myself and not picking up my phone. It's become a good practice for me not to carry my phone when I go to the gym or when I go on a walk with my dog because I need to know that the world can exist without me being tied to my phone. And maybe your friend is experiencing that buildup and that pressure of reaching out to people and it's become too much. That's why I really love the idea of saying to her, the next step is yours. Because that gives her a certain amount of empowerment uh, and a feeling of control over her situation. It is a relief of stress off of you and off of her. You know what to do next if she doesn't reach out to you. You know to leave her alone. You've put so much time and love and emotional energy into this friendship. It's really time for her to reciprocate, uh, especially if she's going to be in close proximity to you. Yeah, I think it's time for this friend to, to make the move and for you to step back and take care of yourself and focus on other friendships. It's kind of common for adult friendships to work this way. You kind of drift out of touch and come back in touch. And I'm not saying what happened to you is okay or fine or that you shouldn't feel hurt. Yeah, no, it's an absolutely hurtful thing, even though it's normal. Exactly. It's normal, but it still hurts. It doesn't mean you're not justified to feel this way. This has been a really serious question answering. We've usually giggled five times. Yeah. By this point. There has been no giggling. There's been zero giggling. Yeah. Can we take a brief levity break and talk about like Star Wars or something? Yes. Oh, can we talk about your jacket? (laughs) Jen got this amazing rebel pilot jacket. And every time she walks into the office, this has only happened one time. The one time she walked into the office wearing it, there was seriously a crew of like six people near the doorway. We all just started shouting at how cool she looks. And then I ran away and hid. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. And then I like I straightened up and I got this strut in my step and I've been a real jerk the rest of the day. It's like <laughs> oh, something so, something happens to me when I put this jacket on. Something something happens. I turn into a rebel pilot. Oh my god. <laughs> I have a question, Jen. Yes. Do you happen to know if the main character of Rogue One is a pilot or just like a sneak? I thought they were like a mercenary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know too much about about it other than I that I'm either. extremely excited and all the women and that make me lose my mind and run around screaming. And I love that her name is Jin. It's very close to Jen. <laughs> it's also very close to Trin. No. Oh, my God. She's our child. Yeah. It finally happened. It happened. It happened. Our friendship 
just Richard birthed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we just both of us just made the weirdest hand gestures for the word birth and spawn. Oof, oh god. I'm so glad you don't have to see that. I love it so much. So cuz cuz for the last little while, uh Jen and I in our like friendship head canon is I'm Mon Mothma and she's uh Jin uh the the rebel fighter. Now that I put together that she actually is the spawn of the both of us, that's very beautiful. Yeah. But that means that you need a new character that is just you. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. I guess I have to be Ray. Darn it. You know, I love Ray, but I feel, and, and I've obviously not seen the movie that Jin is in, but I get a very Jen feeling that from her. really makes my heart explode. <laughs> I'm, it's exploding. She's like all of your Gryffindor characteristics rolled into a ball. She's got way more swagger than I do, but it's the kind of swagger that I admire. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. you have you. Okay, Jen, you're the redhead, so you know the fiery redhead, the fiery the redhead. redhead. Yeah, true that. <laughs> okay, next question about resentment. All right, back into <laughs> let's get real. Oh, do you want to read this one? Oh, I do. I do want to read this because I've been this person. Yes, I was going to say this first sentence could be you. Dear Jen and Trin, I am the friend with the car. And it's usually fine. People ask me for rides and it's no big deal. But I have one friend who consistently mooches off of me. And I've agreed to drive her places because I felt weird saying no. But I finally started to give her the hard no. But she doesn't seem to get that she asks me for rides that are out of my way just far too often. I'm tired of having to tell her no over and over and over again. How can I best express that she should really only ask me for help if she truly needs it? I love this question because it's so common. Yes. And it reminds me of this thing, Trin, that you taught me, which is uh, ask versus guest culture. And I would love it if you could talk about that. I would love to talk about this. I love this. One of my friends linked a thread on Metafilter on MeFi that really spoke to me years ago, and I bring it up all the time. This is a case, like Jen said, of ask versus guest culture. Uh, So there are some people who are ask people. And ask people see no harm in asking people for things. Uh, They're like, okay, well, I asked and they get to say yes or no. And like, that's fine. And uh, they feel no hard feelings about giving a no or hearing a no. And this sounds like the friend. She's gotten the no from you and she assumes that's just a normal interaction. So it's like she asks for something. Sometimes that person will say yes and sometimes they say no and it's like whatever. But the asker is a guess person. So this person feels uncomfortable asking for things. Are you from the Midwest? Yeah, this is the most Midwest shit. Me and Jen are are more guest people, and we've talked about this a few times, uh, because when people ask us for things, we assume that they're asking because they absolutely need help and that you have to say yes to this. Like, you have to do it. Um, So we would see, and this asker would see this friend is mooching because they, we all think that the the friend is coming to us assuming that we're going to say yes. Right. And and so just, just to recap, The friend doesn't see any awkwardness in asking for stuff, saying yes or saying no, it doesn't matter. The asker is of the other camp, that they don't like saying no, they don't like hearing no, so they ask for things far less often, and it's a much more... It's a bigger deal to ask. It's a bigger deal. It's a bigger deal. It's more emotionally fraught. Um, And I want to be super clear that there's nothing wrong with either of these personality types. Like, ask people can come off as being, like, pushy or whatever. But guest people often have trouble asking for help. And therefore, they deny themselves opportunities because they just don't ever speak up. The problem is that resentment starts growing if you don't have a real conversation about this because you guys are fundamentally understanding this interaction in a different way. The good news is, I think in asking us this question, you actually kind of started to answer it yourself. 
Yeah, the script can go pretty much exactly like your question states. Um, just be a little more specific. So I'm happy to give you rides when you need them, but I feel like I've been going out of my way a little too often for you. And even be super clear about how the situation makes you feel. Like, it's really stressful for me to say no when people ask me for rides. So if you could only ask me when you're truly in a place where you truly need me, that would be much easier on me. Right. You're giving your friend an opportunity to go easier on you. You're saying you're stressed out by this thing. And that kind of stuff is not up for debate. Your feelings on this situation cannot be debated because your feelings are fact here. And the friend might come back to you saying, like, well, I didn't think that this was a big deal. That is just an honest representation of how she's been reading the situation. I don't think she's trying to minimize your feelings. She just is experiencing this conversation entirely differently than you are. Two different perspectives. Yeah. Totally. Just reiterate the fact that, well, it is stressful for me. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah stick to your script. Don't be like, well, some Sometimes, like, no, it is stressful. Yeah, and try to have empathy and open-mindedness for the fact that this is just a completely different reading of the situation than you have. I really don't think that this friend is trying to be a dick, especially because you give rides out so often. They probably give so little thought to this because you're friends. But the truth is they should be giving more thought to it because you're friends. Here's a question, Trin. Yeah. Is it weird to ask your friends to pay for gas sometimes? You don't think so? I don't don't think think so either. either. No. Especially if it's, like, a significant amount of times that you ride or a significant distance. Right. I have a, a very good friend who lives in Indianapolis and we'll all kind of like carpool over to see her. And um, I used to be the friend with the car. <laughs> my, car my car got stolen. Oh, God. In the middle of the day on Super, Super Bowl Sunday. Um, but, Fuck uh, football. I know. Football's so bad. No, I, I take it back. It's okay to like football. Just not okay to steal cars. Yes, exactly. But if you really need a car, I guess you can steal it. Trin and I are against crime. <laughs> We're not afraid to say it. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, it's a controversial stance to take. I know. I feel like we're going to lose some listeners after saying maybe don't steal our cars. I I did literally say, like, if you really need a car, it's okay to steal one, though. (laughs) Trin. But, like, okay, so... Okay, I mean, yes. I mean, there's a gray area for everything. Yes, thank you. We're very privileged and very white. I feel like my Star Wars character would definitely steal cars. Yes. that's pretty cool. Every day. Yeah. Twice a day. Yeah. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, steal a car. (laughs) But, like, so so if you're going to steal a car from somebody, I would rather you steal my car. That is the most trend statement of all time. (laughs) No, I get it. You don't take kids to the preschool or daycare. I get it. I feel the same way, too. When when someone broke into my backyard last summer, I was like, yeah, fine. (laughs) Actually, no, I was pretty freaked out, but it's also like, I mean, okay. I mean, I'll be all right. Yeah. I have renter's insurance. Yeah. I can af- I'm lucky to afford runner's insurance. I'll be okay. I really love that we're on the same page about this. Yeah, I totally get what you mean. Cool. Um, as long as you don't hurt me or my family or my dog, I'm like, yeah, all right, steal my patio furniture, I guess. Okay, speaking of hurting your dog, so last night I had a dream that somebody hurt my cat, and I punched the shit out of them. <laughs> In my dream, double fist punch. Like, punch, punch, punch. Like, I punched them so much. Were you sleep fighting? Did you wake up? Like- no. <laughs> I woke up because in my dream, I wasn't doing enough damage to them. So I realized that I was dreaming. Swear to God. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so here's the thing. The moral of this tangent is <laughs> steal our cars, break into our yards. It's fine. But I don't care if you're the actual president of the United States. I will punch you in the fucking face if you hurt my cat. Correct. Yes. Or Jen's dog. Yep. Anyway, so this question... Ping. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Oh, wait. Yeah, we still have a question to answer. Okay. So. So, no, it's not weird to ask your friends to pay for gas. <laughs> is it weird to steal each other's cars? 
What? No. Yes. Wait. Steal? Just trying to loop this back in. Is it weird to borrow somebody's car? It's totally up to the person who owns the car. Yeah. I've had friends be like, you can just use my car. And I'm like, absolutely fucking not. And yeah. I'm driving your car around the city of Chicago. And they see nothing of it. And I'm like, that's a nightmare for me. So when I had my really shitty car, the Admiral, who mm-hmm. stormed the seven seas, I, I loved that car. Oh, God. He was just like an old man. Our friendship bloomed in that car. It's true. I used to give Jen rides to work every morning. But it wasn't a big deal because she was like on my way. And it saved her like like 45 minutes and it cost me maybe two minutes that's different that is different that's different but so i would let people borrow the admiral because it's just like well what could you possibly do to the admiral (laughs) that hasn't already happened to him (laughs) anyway so we were asking about if it's cool to ask your friends to pay for gas and i i think it's cool for repeated visits and stuff so the gist of all of this is that i do think a conversation needs to happen and i do think that framing it as hey if you would adjust your behavior just slightly it would make my life a ton easier i think that that's a really good way to do things absolutely and friends are usually happy to do that yeah yeah it'd be a tiny bit awkward but you know what that's life the unfairness of life ping (laughs) we have so many pings so many pings in this episode i love it I think we actually did everything. I think we did too. Oh, but what if she responds, I I already only do ask you when I really need a ride. Tell her to rent a fucking divvy. <laughs> Tell her to get a bike. Yeah, get a bike. Scooter, hoverboard. Yeah. Tell her to, to walk. Walk. Walking's good for you. Be yeah. like, well, weather looks good. For Get some fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> Just at the end of the whole question, you are not wrong for feeling that this conversation is awkward. You have been taught that people only ask for help when they absolutely need it. So saying no is very stressful. It's pretty clear that for her, this isn't awkward at all. So finding a common ground and saying just very clearly, this is hard for me. She should respond well. They have part of the story and now they need the rest of the story from you. And the story is your feelings. Do friendship Oh, wait, we we have to do the rest of it. Yeah, we do. We have to do the housekeeping now. Like the whole thing. Yeah. If you liked that, you can follow us on Twitter at Jen and Trin. Jen has two N's and Trin only has one N. And the missing N in Trin stands for... No, you can't borrow my car. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. If you want to watch us stream Star Fox 64 today, because I'm going to edit this episode in an hour and then put it on the internet. You have such hustle. Way to go, Trin. Thank you, Jen. You can watch us um, at twitch.tv slash friendshipping at 6 p.m. Central Time. Uh, do we say anything else? I always forget. Every, every week I forget what we say. I think that was it. New friendship at the bar.